You don't sound autistic. Well, uh, what does an autistic person Wait. sound like? You're autistic? Yeah, I'm telling you that. You don't even look autistic. But, but we're talking about... Yeah, but, but I don't buy it. But I, I was diagnosed with autism and ADHD and anxiety and depression. You don't sound autistic. Welcome back to another episode of You Don't Sound Autistic. I'm Blake. And I'm Rochelle. And I'm autistic. And I'm empathic. You're supposed to say, and I'm not. And I'm not. Damn it. Gotta start over now. No, keep going. I think it's great. Okay. Um, I'm not autistic. That's fair. Okay. Yeah. Because you, you're not supposed to say, uh, I'm a, you messed up the beginning of the show, damn it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Sorry. We'll, we'll keep going. Okay. She's not autistic. We know that. And go. Welcome back. <laughs> I'm, I'm totally lost now. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. Well, we can start over if you want to. Hold on. So, let's see. Where, where are we? Uh, this is... This is a show. We're in episode 11. Yes. Sorry, I'm looking too much at my notes. I actually have notes this time, gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen. That's awesome. Um, so I can meander, but I can also journey back with uh, with my notes. Like right now, I'm just staring at my notes and I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> okay, it's been a minute. Hurry, Blake, say something funny. Um, so uh, join the Facebook group. Join the conversation. That's uh, something we should say in the beginning is to make sure that if you are listening, that you join the Facebook group. And if you're on the Facebook group, uh, you should be listening to the podcast, which I guess if you are hearing this now, you have to be listening to it. Mm -hmm. So congratulations. Success. Success. But people can find us on Facebook without knowing that there's a podcast out there. So right. I mean, it, it, it is reciprocal. It's yeah. a fair statement. So talk about it on the group. Be like, hey, encourage other people in the group. There's 91 people mm -hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. Including me and you, so I guess really there's 89 people. <laughs> That's okay. But uh, yeah, so we want to make sure that people are actually, you know, check out all the episodes. Um, go ahead and uh, we're going to be talking in a little bit about the video that we put together, um, which is called You Don't Sound Autistic, a, oh shit, what did I call it? A Trip to the Orchard? A Day Out at the Orchard? A Day at the Orchard? A Day at the Orchard. That sounds right. That sounds right. Uh, where we took Declan to an apple, an apple orchard out in LJ, Georgia, which is northern Georgia. Mm -hmm. It's about an hour and a half to two hours away from where we live, which means it's probably like two and a half hours outside of Atlanta, something like that. Close, yeah. Yeah. Um, let me think. What was I going to say? Oh, and well, and we didn't have an episode last week or the week before, or no, just last just week. last week. Well, we had this this fantasy um, that we were going to somehow shoot video and take the podcast on the road and also manage a toddler and ourselves, and um, yeah, it was a total dream. But we did manage to. We did kind of record an episode, though. There is a there is a lost episode. Sort there is. Of, we tried. Um, where we started in the uh, Rochelle's apartment, getting Declan ready for the day. And then we were in the road on the road, and then the and then basically the video happens, and then we have more kind of chit chatting, and it just didn't make a whole lot of sense. It wasn't very long, so it didn't really make no, it I didn't manifest itself into a full episode. So I just decided, along with Rochelle, to kind of can it for for now. Yeah, maybe I, I'll bring it out later. Who I'm knows? not the best at staying coherent when I'm driving. I've learned. Well, it just I think we we were we were like. In the beginning of the of this episode, you'll never hear. We should just act out the entire thing that we did. No, no, no. No. no um, <laughs> so we, uh, you know, we kind of were like, we're all like, yes, we're going to the apple, and the apple orchard, apple orchard, apple orchard. And Rochelle's like, all right, we'll see you there. And then the next thing had nothing to do with apples or the orchard uh -uh. or our stream, experience. Total stream of consciousness. It's just you know driving yeah. talk. That's what ended up happening. Right. So. And it was, and it's still like decent stuff. And like I said, maybe I'll maybe I'll add it. Uh, like the meandering things that we end up recording that never get used into sure. some special sure. episode. We'll call it special ed. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, but anyway, so the, the apple orchard though, it, you know, please. So check out the video. It's on YouTube. Uh, feel free to share it. If you feel like it might be helpful for anyone really for us, it was a, a good opportunity to get the family out and go pick some apples and to stretch our, neurodivergent legs mm -hmm. to so to speak to get Declan out there doing something he's never done before um we've never done either we, that we've never done before yeah uh but I mean especially him I mean I, I've never picked apples before but I I think I had a much better idea of what was happening <laughs> than than he did sure but he adapted really quickly I mean one of the things that that kind of surprised me 
in the middle of apple picking and and I encourage you to watch the video to see it firsthand is that you know I didn't I didn't know how to prepare him for the event but shortly after we got into the orchard I realized that he didn't have a frame of reference for what we were doing right. so that was interesting to kind of coach him through the only frame of reference he does have for being out in nature and picking things up which is Easter and helping him transition that frame of reference away from like picking things up off the ground and more picking apples from the trees. So I don't want to, you know, give away any details. I want you to watch the video, but yeah, no spoilers, but that was interesting. I didn't, I didn't mentally prepare for that. So, you know, kind of thinking on the fly going, Oh, I see what's happening. And, um, but don't you think it's possible that he is just an inquisitive little person and he's going to see something on the ground and he's going to want to pick it up? Watch out. Well, I, do, I mean, yeah, of course, but I think we've also spent a lot of time this last Easter teaching him how to pick up things off the ground. Because remember the videos we got from daycare from his Easter egg experience, he by far got the least amount because he didn't fully grasp the concept of picking up Easter eggs. So um, at least we worked on that concept here in the house a couple of times afterwards so that he'll have a more successful next year. Yeah. Um, you know, and those are, those are the types of intuitive learned behaviors that I talk about as being part of a disorder with autism. And when I say autism is a disorder of intuition, it's that kind of intuitional learning, like watching someone else doing it and intuitively understanding the meaning behind it and then doing it yourself. That doesn't happen as easily with an autistic neurology because everything is is built more on experience and logic and there's not a lot of logic that goes into why we're picking up eggs from the ground versus you know apples so you you just have to take a, an extra minute and explain things um especially to a toddler but there but the thing is is it was really cool to see how quickly he just adapted and was excited about the experience and caught right on yeah, sorry, I'm distracted. I, I noticed you have a giant bowl of apples. I do. Those you better, are from the orchard. Yeah, you better eat those because mine are already going bad. I know. I had to throw two of them away, um, but I think I'm going to try and make something out of it. I, I opened one of them, or I opened. I cut into an apple. You opened an apple. <laughs> I guess I you can say that. You could say I opened an apple. I don't know whether it's residual taste and smell distortion from the second shot of the vaccine. Because I did have some taste and smell distortion that was similar to when we had COVID last month. But the apple I ate, I did not enjoy. No. You know what? I will say that they've been kind of hit and miss. The, I, the, I had like the big, beautiful, juicy apple that you'll see in the video. One of the stars of the video. Uh, and it was good. It was juicy. It was, and it was, I ate it like yesterday. One of the green and red ones, like that. Real it was pretty. like greenish. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I, when I think green apples, I almost always think of like Granny Smith yeah. where they have that tartness. And those are great for, you know, you add a little cinnamon sugar and you can just roast them in the oven. They're, they're delicious. Sure. Put them with a little ice cream. Oh my God. That sounds so good. Let's stop the episode right now and go get that. Sounds <laughs> good. Um, but uh, this apple was more, I don't know, just didn't have the tartness. It was sweeter. I, yeah. I've got a couple of those. I can look into it. What's funny is that I have my... Do you have any more cider left? Oh, yeah. All right. You I, keep talking. I'm going to go get myself a <laughs> glass of cider. You have to hurry cider. because he knows where it is and he keeps a asking for apples. Okay. Um, right back. I have I'm my, still here, everyone. I have my fall decorations out in front of the front door and I have a you know, really pretty red, like a red country truck. I don't know that's the right word for it, but you know, like you'd see a farm truck and it's got pumpkins on the back of it and it's all metal and pre you know glued together but every time we walk out the front door he looks down at the pumpkins and he says apples and I'm like no those are pumpkins and he's like apples I'm like no pumpkins <laughs> so I was really hoping that after the adventure in the orchard last week he would have a little bit more speech clarity in terms of calling a pumpkin a pumpkin but there are certain sounds that he struggles to make, and I think that's why he just resorts to the ones he can. So I won't call that a failure. We'll just keep working on it. But um, in the meantime, trying really hard to teach him what a pumpkin is. <laughs> so, you know, I've got another month of, of, of pumpkins to try and get my point across. But so far, no luck. Oops. Bump the microphone. Yeah, well, with pumpkins, we actually, well, when I say we, I mean me, carved a pumpkin. I saw it. It was really cool. And uh, thank you. Uh, with little 
little bat, little hanging bat guy. And uh, it turned out pretty good. But in that process, I was trying to include him mm-hmm. and not just do it myself. Smart. So I was, I was pulling everything out. But he, he was just kind of gr- like grossed out by it. Because, I mean, it was, <laughs> I will say, I mean, it was something really like strangely pleasurable about like putting your hand in there because it's all gushy and gross Uh but then you know it's not gross just it's just pumpkin well from a sensory standpoint i can see how that could be confusing like the plus it was in the sun like it was out in the it was one of the ones that was outside Uh so it had like warm spots in it so it was like warm and then kind of it was weird so you're in there and you're like oh it's kind of gross and so i know that but again i'm like that's just a pumpkin no big deal and but for him he's putting his hand hand in there and making these faces (laughs) like am i supposed to be touching this this doesn't feel normal um and then he and then so cleaned up the pumpkin i carved it uh and then you know continued kind of scraping the inside out so it doesn't get really gross Mm -hmm. and then roasted the pumpkin seeds off and then I thought, oh, here's another sensory experience for him because the pumpkin seeds oh, he loves are those. really crunchy. Yeah. Um, did you get any or did he eat them all? Oh, there's still a bunch left. Oh, that's amazing. Last yeah. season I made them. They're the best when they're warm, though. Yeah, like when he wouldn't even off. let me. I think I got six out of the whole thing because he just took them all. and. They're a bit like too woody. You know, because you're eating. It's, it's like when you eat a uh, sunflower seed, you don't eat the shell. But a pumpkin seed, you're eating the shell right. alongside the seed. Because if you sit there and if you did all the work to try and get the f- the, the shell mm-hmm. off and then you just have like some little teeny tiny pumpkin yeah, seed. Yeah, but I thought the shell consistency of the pumpkin was softer and it was just easier. When you, not like a sunflower seed. No, it's not exactly the same, but it's still pretty. Like that's what I'm saying. It's got like a woody mm-hmm. like where it's, it's kind of fibrous. Fibrous is a more appropriate word. Uh you know texture when you're eating it so it's kind of crunchy and you're like oh this is kind of nice and then all of a sudden you're like mm, i really gotta work on this to get it to you know but it's probably got a ton of fiber in it or something yeah there's a lot of vitamins in them too yeah and a lot of um the farming doesn't screw around my understanding from is that we haven't totally screwed up the farming for uh winter squash <laughs> english winter squashes yet so there's who's ready for a nice slice of cum pum pie <laughs> So um, there's still a lot of those vitamins and minerals and nutrients in the pumpkin seeds where we've totally screwed up a lot of our fruits and vegetables. Oh, you're talking about like the Monsanto mm-hmm. kind of uh, GMO seeds and Either all that, that kind of stuff? Either that or, you know, farming as much as there's a lot go- that goes into it. We don't always um, re... I don't know. I forget the name of the what you call it. But like you're supposed to change your crop regularly and fertilize it with different things and there's a whole process to make sure you're putting the vitamins and the minerals and the nutrients back in the ground so it can get back into the the actual fruits and vegetables you're growing and um i know when i look up the nutrient value of things like it actually continues to change decade over decade we're losing minerals and vitamins out of the fruits and vegetables we're eating so making supplementation more of a requirement which is really frustrating because you just want to be able to eat your vitamins so pumpkin seeds so far mostly untouched oh good i'm gonna grow my own pumpkins that'd be awesome actually i guess i can't do that now that i i i burnt them to a crisp (laughs) well i'll have to buy a new pumpkin you know what this is uh not really related to autism at all but since we're talking about it it is a fun tip for anyone out there during the holiday season if you're looking to roast your own pumpkin seeds um you want to make sure that you use like a large bowl and um use that to kind of catch because the pumpkin seeds float so you can kind of get all the the gunk to kind of sit at the bottom then sift them off put them into boiling water for 10 minutes with a lot of salt and then take them out dry them throw them on a cookie sheet spray them down with some butter spray and salt and pepper and all kinds of goodness and then roast them in the oven i mean actually it does tie into autism because it's important to continue to find season appropriate activities that help um, our little ones really comprehend, you know, what's going on. And, and when you find a sensory integrative task, like carving a pumpkin or cleaning the seeds, um, that's a really strong way to bond. Yeah, you know? I, I guess there's not really a lot of things that we do where you're taking something like a pumpkin, you, you know, is, is a really good example of that. But 
you know, like, because we don't hunt. No. Or anything. Fishing is probably the closest that we've gone, where mm-hmm. we've where we've gone fishing, and then you you know you're taking the thing as it exists in nature, and you're turning it into food because you right. wouldn't just take a fish out of the water and mm-hmm. start eating it. Same with a no. pumpkin. And and autism typically comes with a lot of really picky eating and even food aversions, and yeah, you know textures play in, and so you know the concept of food or even finding healthy foods or or integrating food with sensory experiences can be overwhelming to a, a family that just trying to get their child to eat anything other than, you know, milk and wheat and cheese and sugar. Right. Well, that's why the garden that we had in Colorado was so nice because, you know, we could go out there and you could see the food mm-hmm. and you can kind of like pick it up as opposed to the grocery store. It's, it's just, there's a, I'm, I'm talking about the distance between, you know, your plate and what the food, the farm to table it, it, concept, yeah, yeah you know, like what, what it actually is, and then, and, but you're talking more about the sensory experience of going through and experiencing the pumpkin mm-hmm. and carving the pumpkin and all that, right? Okay, because so sometimes you know we're talking about two different things. I think sort of. I mean, I think I I'm trying to tie them together in the sense that because eating the pumpkin may not always be something that the child will do for the sensory reasons or texture, or taste, or they're just a picky eater. But you can turn something like food that also has a sensory element into a bonding thing and then start to position food a little bit differently. So every experience that you create, um, you know, helps a child approach food type items differently. And that can that can help. Now, I mean, there's nothing you can do about the texture of pumpkin. Like, it is what it is. But Well, I don't know. I thought that my understanding was that, like, the pumpkins that you carve are not the kind of pumpkins that you'd want to eat. You well, can't like you. They're they're safe to eat, but that they don't have. Not that's not what you would make a pie out of. No, the ones you make a pie out of are smaller. Right. But I mean, the the point when I'm sorry, doing I'm not a trying bad to get job of saying is just like because we know that autism learns autism learners excel in an environment that is multisensory. So gives the you know the learner a chance to see the pumpkin not just as food or something they're going to say no to, but like to see it. it to your point, you know, come from the farm and then you work with it and then you can start to be a little bit more interested in tasting it because you've, you've now worked with the, with a pumpkin in a couple of different ways. I'm just saying there's a barrier that you can start to break down neurologically when you are introduced to something a few different ways and a few different times, you start to develop a familiarity with it. Right. And that's the point I'm, I'm struggling to make is that, you know, by bringing something like a pumpkin in, um, and, and giving a child that much opportunity to create a different opinion about the pumpkin or work with it differently, then when you go to like eat it, it's not quite such, it, it's not such a disconnect between like, oh God, no, no food, ew. You know, it, it, you're setting that food up for a little bit more success. Now, it's not like you can do that with everything. You, you know, cucumbers and whatever, um, cucumbers and zucchini, actually, that's how I got him to start eating those is that I would, um, he would stand on his little, two-step stool on the counter with me and he'd watch me cut the zucchini and he'd watch me cut the cucumber and the middle of the cucumber you know where the seeds are with a with a melon baller he got pretty good at de-seeding a cucumber okay and he could play with the seeds and so then when I put them on the on his plate he recognized them and he of course he needed a sauce so we couldn't eat it without ranch but he went from eating no cucumbers to eating cucumbers because I involved him in the process of how to cut them and prepare them. Right. I mean, it took a, f- a few times. The first time was a failure and I ate them all. But by the third or fourth time, his brain had enough familiarity to start accepting that, hey, this is food and it's good, you know, and we there's work that goes into preparing it. So, um, you know, I learned from that. I learned how he learns and also helped to expand a little bit of his food uh, list, which at the time was incredibly short <laughs> and that's not healthy. You know, we need a wide variety of these things. So, right. I like how this episode has suddenly become about fall foods, fall foods. Well, we're in the fall mood. That's right. I mean, it is the beginning of October. My apartment is very orange. It is, but he loves the color orange. So I'm decorating and, and you with it. Are, are starting to get, get used to the color orange. And this is all because of your hate for the no, no. Well, Football team? So it's actually because of Colorado. You hate orange because of Colorado? No, I like orange because of Colorado. Okay. I didn't like orange before Colorado because my only association to orange was my rival college football team. Right. What college did you go to? 
USF. Okay. And what's the college that was your rival? Well, there's the college that my family was born into, which is the Florida State Seminoles. Right. The semen holes. That is not their name. Yes, it is. But the Florida State Seminoles was our family. It still is our family college football team. And we Am I allowed to say semen holes on here? I uh, guess uh, it's going to be, uh, yeah. All right. Just so, sure. I get in um, trouble sometimes for saying certain things, so I want to make sure. So, you know, we our rivals are the, the Florida Gators. and Oh, the, ga- the Gators. They're blue. That beautiful blue hue and that beautiful orange hue all together. What a great team. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> sure, if you say so. Go Gators. <laughs> yeah, I have many friends that are Gator fans. So, I mean, I'm not hating on them. They're just my rival team. So That's how you know I'm not a sports person because I get to, <laughs> I get to make those, my face. I can make those jokes about anybody. Well, you're going to love it then because the Tampa Bay Bucks play um, the New England Patriots 9 at 8.30. So oh, that's a good that's game. That's going to be an interesting game for very similar rival reasons. But when we moved to Denver, Colorado, and I was like, oh, man, the Broncos. And they're in a different conference. They're not really in my group, but they have the same orange and blue colors. And I'm like, why? This is so awkward. Ugh. And then someone explained to me, it's like, well, we made the colors because they remind us of the very blue, very orange sunset in the the Colorado sky. And I went, oh, okay, well, that's, you know, easier to accept. And and then uh, you start to really appreciate the colors for what they are. And they definitely does represent that blue and the orange and the sunset. So you start to fall in love with it. And then it, he just happens. It's one of his favorite colors. Your water bottle is that color. I just noticed. <laughs> it is. It is. Well, apparently orange goes really well with teal, which is one of my favorite colors. All right. Well, whatever works. So it's fall and um, my apartment is orange. He picked those lights. The colors. Orange and blue. Those were my, uh, my colors for my school when I was in middle school. So I don't know if you know this, but for um, for autism, color association is actually very healthy. And Wait, what is color association? Oh, okay. So there's a strong sense of um, grounding that comes with certain colors, and it, g- it goes all the way back to, you know, how our body processes different information, and and how our body stores that information. So there's a, a strong color association with being grounded with um, being in touch with your emotions Um, there's even strong color associations with things like sleep and digestion so when you start to notice that um, your little one like gravitates towards a certain color I would encourage you know you to um, either put them you know let them dress in those colors or eat those colors or um, play with those colors you know in, in toys or whatever because intuitively that part of the intuitive brain I think still is very active regardless of neurobiodiversity because that's that inner physician of that inner part of your body that's like hey I need that nutrient or hey I need that color I need that grounding or I need that emotional support and and so recognizing color so red for example is an on and off color with him yeah I just look forward to the time when we can eat purple for dinner we can yeah no I know just I was joking but he doesn't really let me eat purple for dinner. What what's what food is purple? Eggplants. Yeah, not but not on the inside. No, but there's purple cal- purple. Cauliflower. Oh, that's true. There is purple cauliflower. And he'll let. I guess me. that's the one food. You yeah, eat. It, that's that's actually a pretty good one. And if I buy the orange and purple cauliflower together, and I and I make it like in a dish with whatever um like that a, sounds like a funky combination it's really delicious and it's the only type of cauliflower he'll eat if it's white cauliflower he wants nothing to do with it what a racist <laughs> i cannot believe our son would do something so racist uh, yeah excluding the whites <laughs> ridiculous well it's a joke rochelle i know there's also um as, as they there, well there's white asparagus there's not purple asparagus is there yeah i think there is purple asparagus and then there's purple maybe not maybe um carrots sure there's not a ton of purple food i mean honestly there's not well yeah we don't have to i don't want to turn the episode into a purple food thing all of a sudden but why'd you pick purple is that just because it's an obscure color it's the one color like he calls everything apples and every color is purple well because food it's easy to eat red right because you have red bell peppers orange or oranges that was funny (laughs) holy shit (laughs) blood oranges are red Mm -hmm. so i did nail it (laughs) tomatoes i was gonna say tomatoes and somehow orange came out yeah it's always a little bit more interesting when you have to run everything even salt can be orange 
of texture, yes. Salt can be orange. Sorry. Pink salt is my favorite. Yeah. Well, it's kind of orange and pink. It can be. It's kind of hard. It says pink, but it's is it really? It depends. Yeah. Just like the diapers. <laughs> okay. Fair what? enough. You never heard of those? Never mind. That's an old joke. Okay. It's like, did you shit yourself, Bill? Depends. Oh well. It's a com- it'd be like a like a commercial for the for the never mind. Right. <laughs> so food. Anyways, food and colors. I hope no one's eating while they're listening. Right. I I hope that you are uh, consuming uh, pumpkin ale and apple cider for fall. Happy fall, y'all. Maybe we should take Duckland to a pumpkin patch. That would be fun. There's a couple here in the area. Yeah. I've seen pictures. It's a good idea. I think taking... I I mean, because honestly, I don't think I've ever been to a true pumpkin patch. I've only ever been to, you know, one of the things that's out next to the grocery store. Yeah, I haven't either. I mean, those types... These are the exactly the type of multi-sensory experiences we're looking for. Yeah. So I think that's a great idea. Yeah, this time of year is kind of good for that because you have Halloween, you have Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. you have Christmas... Well, we're fortunate back to, to back. be around a lot of farms. Like I understand there to be like pick your own blueberries and and pick your own strawberries and pick your own blueberries. Oh, let's that was earlier in the year though. We missed out on. Let's that. leave that to the whoever picks blueberries people. <laughs> that sounds like oh my gosh. I mean, well, I picked like nine apples and I was exhausted. We're gonna pick like a hundred blueberries to get like a, your bunny's worth. Can I'm trying sit? really hard to grow them out on the patio, but my yeah. blueberry plant is not maybe it's, bec- it's not working because one of the things my friend. Uh, was telling me because when we were trying to grow corn or whatever, mm-hmm. th- is that you? You can't, It's like you need to have the right types of plants so that they can cross pollinate. Right. And otherwise, it won't grow. It'll right. just be the plant. That's why my blueberry plant isn't doing well. Yeah, it needs it, it needs to hump another blueberry plant, plant there, and it died. Yeah. So you need a, like a male and female blueberry plant, plant so they can make sweet sweet blueberry love together. <laughs> yes. Yes, that is true. They have little blueberry babies. But do you know that, um, so I was researching different activities to help Declan downregulate at night because, my goodness, he has so much energy at the end of a day, regardless of like how short or long his nap is. He's just constantly wired. Yeah. And I was like, how do I help him? But we're in massive mosquito season here still, and so I don't want to take him out on a walk, which is what I do in the wintertime. We go out on walks, and we'll walk down to my sister's, and you know, there's a nice incline, so that helps. But what do I do in the meantime? And so one of the things that I kept coming across was the sensory um, aspect of like a sandbox, and I'm like, well, we're in an apartment on the second floor, so I can make a little sandbox. Um, but gardening is another one of those things, and I know that they have an actual garden for his daycare for the the age group right above him i don't think they're gardening at his level yet they're doing little bits with dirt but the more he actually gets his hands in the dirt and his hands in the sand like that is grounding also because there's it's a really earthy literally yeah exactly and and declan isn't the only one so i mean he's autistic and that's been proven you know with the diagnosis but autism doesn't always look the same because Oftentimes, typically 80% of the time, there's also um, a coexisting diagnosis of ADHD. And ADHD can either be hyperactive or inattentive. And your inattentive ADHD is going to have low impulsivity and low inclinations to, you know, exert a ton of energy. They're a, they're a lot less verbal. Um, they um, gravitate towards kind of calmer um, daily activities, whereas the hyperactive ADHD side is a lot more like Energizer Bunny, which is what we have. Um, that constantly jumping, moving, talking—you know, always. See, I don't think that's me, and maybe if it was, when I, maybe I was when I was a kid. But as an adult, I don't feel like that. Well, you're on medication. You right. were before. Was I? Uh huh. Okay, I feel so mellow now. You are very mellow, um, and that's okay. But. Those types, like that kind of high energy personality, when it's a combination of that hyperactive ADHD um, and autism, you know, that co-diagnosis isn't necessarily something that there's a ton of material on. The doctors are still studying it right now and, and coming up with recommendations. But in the meantime, what we need to be aware of is, you know, what that high activity sensory input 
person needs. And a lot of times it's an outlet for that energy. So if you can't just run around your house or, you know, you have a mosquito rich environment like we do, you've got to find different strategies for it. And actually at nighttime, once I put that lemon eucalyptus bug spray on him, we'll go out and water the plants at night. Now it's not quite the same as getting his hands into it, but he loves to fill the water pitcher up with water in the sink and then I'll pick him up and put him down on the ground. And the act of walking the 12 feet with the heavy watering can and then navigating watering the plants, um, he has to focus on it. And it actually, it's really soothing for him. Like he went right down for a nap this afternoon after we watered the plants. Okay. So that was really cool. And um, I haven't. I just drag him around on the floor. Is that your trick? That's how I ground him. <laughs> I'm like, all right, buddy, meet the meet the floor. Okay, that must be really fun on uh, hardwood floors. Oh yeah, it's great. I just drag him around. He laughs his ass off. I bring him in the bed, slam him, in, slam him down, and boom, he's out. Is that your version of sweeping? Yes. Oh, that, yeah. That explains a lot. No, it's it's uh yeah it's it's like mop more more of a mop. <laughs> it's, it's swift. I'm swiffering. You're swiffering. He barely has any hair, so. That's not really going to be effective. Well, I don't use his head. I use his shirt. Come on, I'm not an animal. Oh, that explains the dirt. <laughs> Whatever. No, I do notice though sometimes like because uh, I gave him a donut the other day. Oh, you're brave. And uh, why? The sugar. How did he react? Fine. Okay. He. I don't know. Like he doesn't behave the same way with we. We've discussed this ad nauseum that he acts differently with you and than he does with me. My gosh, if uh, if I gave him a donut and he had like pure sugar and gluten, that would be it. He would just be fantastic. But he had hours. like chocolate all over and I was like, you're, I was like, you got to clean this evidence <laughs> just in case. Right. I was like, your mom can't see donut face and make it look <laughs> like I like I'm a terrible parent. So it's like we got to try and clean him up. But he does this thing where like he'll get food in his mouth and I'm, you know, like you're trying to give it to him and he has to use his hand. So it's like dripping out. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like just just close your mouth and use your tongue okay <laughs> pull the food into your mouth and right. so i talk to him like this like he knows what i'm talking about and he's probably speaking his gibber gibberish in his head being like i don't know what the hell you're saying but he uses his hand and he mushes like the chocolate in his face and smears it all over the side <laughs> and then wipes his hand on his shirt sure. and i'm like bro like i could never take him to murder someone that's my point. No, you know no, what I mean. He's not your dexter. He buddy. would be. He would be getting blood everywhere. I'd be like, the evidence room would be filled with Declan's clothes. Yep. I don't know why we're murdering someone. I don't either. You're murdering but a donut. I was hoping that that was going to get a big laugh, and it didn't. I didn't know where you were going with it. Yeah, I think you're very excited about Dexter coming next week. Next next week. Next month. In a month, maybe 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 that's what it is. I think it's just the sugar. What sugar does? His name to the is brain. close enough. We almost we we almost could have named him Dexter. Well, we thought about it. But but we didn't. No. I like his name. I like his name. I like his name. I think too. it's fine. I but think it's good. Sugar. I mean, there, that's an interesting topic, though, because we're talking about food a lot and sugar and gluten and casein. Casein is the. Is it a protein in milk? And then I can't remember, what, but it's in it's in dairy. Okay. Um, you know, Declan eats for the most part a gluten free, casein free, sugar free diet. Have you seen those acronyms? It's like GFCF. Have you seen that out there? Like the, it's supposed to stand for gluten-free, casein-free. Nope. Oh. Sorry. I just imagined what it actually stood for and I'm not going to, I'm going to keep it to myself. <laughs> Your imagination took it somewhere else. Yeah. It's a GFCF. I think it should be GFCFSF and include sugar-free because. To be fair, that's technically not an acronym. That's an initialism. An acronym spells a word. Is not a word. <laughs> <laughs> so it's an initialism. Yeah. Did you know that? I did not know that. No. Yeah. But I don't need to because if I get something wrong, I know you'll just correct me. Thank you. <laughs> it's okay. Someone's got to. <laughs> Heaven forbid I go off incorrect. But it's it's less about me correcting you and more about me trying to express the knowledge that I have that's trapped in my noodle. Okay, that's fair. I think it's also about making sure that you and I are communicating about the same thing because if I'm just going off and saying whatever and I'm using whatever incorrect terms, then I know... All I've I can think about is the fact that you said uh, the wrong thing. <laughs> right, and then it derails the whole conversation because your brain works very ones and zeros. It's very binary. It's very computer database. And if I say the wrong thing, I've just thrown... A virus into the database that's like does not compute what is she talking about 
And I, do, I understand that I can derail a conversation because you no longer know what I'm talking about. And I am hoping that I don't have to be specific because my brain can't come up with it. And just praying that you kind of generally know what I'm talking about so I can continue on and... This is going on much longer than I anticipated. I'm sorry I interrupted. (laughs) (laughs) Proving my point. I I agree. So I've learned to try and be as specific as possible. Okay, fair enough. So. Great. Now I forgot what I was saying. I don't don't know what you were were talking about. Gluten-free, casein-free. (laughs) Gasific-free. Sugar-free. I find it really interesting in some of the autism groups that I'm in with parents that um, the concept of an elimination diet is still considered to some like unscientifically proven. And that really bothered me at first because some of the moderators are like, we can't talk about eliminating foods. It's not science. I'm like, okay. And that upset me actually, because I don't understand the like, what are they using as a measure? If you actually really dig into the research, there is research on, there's extensive research on the impact of grain, gluten, and dairy, you know, casein on gut inflammation, how that creates brain fog, the damage. I think I have brain fog right now. How much gluten do you eat? <laughs> I don't know. Let me drink my apple juice. <laughs> Full of sugar. <laughs> I would love to be able to get you on a gluten-free, casein-free, sugar-free diet and see how what that's judgmental just to assume. Yeah, that I'll your be life eating a bullet for that. Approved. That'll be the one food I'll eat. What? I said I'll be I said I'll be eating a bullet. Oh. After I can't you're going to take away all the joys of my life. Well, it is a lifestyle shift and I think that's why parents avoid it is because, you know, then you have to decide I've that already decided I'm not going to look like Chris Chris Hemsworth. I'm going to look like like Phil Hemsworth. His fat it's cousin. It's not always about how you look. It's also about how well you're setting your body up to function. Yeah. You think there's a Phil Hemsworth out there right now that I just pissed off? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, hey, that cut a little too close to home. Well, he'd only be listening to this if he was uh, autistic. So That's not necessarily true. This isn't necessarily just for autistic people. That's true. It's also for... For artistic people. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I thought you were going to say ADHD and you anxiety You don't sound artistic. <laughs> it's just we just sit here and talk shit about people's art. Well, I'd be good at that because I have no talent in art whatsoever. Yeah, it's like every every art piece that we'd see be like, yeah, that's crap. The in- next. <laughs> Impressionistic. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a valid point because I, I was speaking to um, our occupational therapist recently and she says the number one lifestyle change that is the most difficult for parents to make especially when they have an autistic child and one who's functioning far less efficiently than Declan is to cut out gluten um, casein and sugar Mm -hmm. now you've struggled to cut those things out even though I've been pushing you to do it for I don't know two years at this point yeah I mean I wouldn't say I've been struggling to cut them out as much as I have not made an attempt (laughs) <laughs> okay in any way shape or form no that's that but that's valid but i but don't but i naturally like i don't drink as much milk as i used to drink i don't eat as many foods with dairy in them i try to stay away from red meat unless i'm eating in an out burger which i'd eat it every day if i could i would too but even then like i watched that documentary um supersize me Two, holy chicken and it talks a lot about the way that our chicken is made. And chicken is, is kind of the, is if you're a meat eater, it's kind of like the go-to. Right. You know, we, I, like I love chicken wings. I, th- I was, you know, people are always like my favorite food, like on these favorite food lists. Mm-hmm. I always see like tacos are on there and pizzas on there. I'm like, no one ever talks about wings. I was like, I could eat wings every day. You could. Wings yeah. and, and, and sushi. Yeah. Tacos are, you know, they're good, but. Wings, it's, there's just something about buffalo wings I just love. Right. Spicy wings. Anyway, but it's one of those things where chicken is 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 healthy for us, but the whole industry behind chicken is messed up. Sure. I'd say the same thing for, for our beef. Oh, I mean, the beef industry is even worse. Yeah. But I'm just saying that we you think like, okay, like eat more chicken to stay away from beef if you're going to eat meat at all. Right. Right. But then you talk about the chicken and you see the chicken the way that the chickens are raised. Like they're, they grow at such an exponential rate that their their feathers actually can't grow fast enough. So they just look like they're pat. Like you should look up, it, seriously, you and, should and look these up. Are, these are real range 
the like the way that like free range and all that shit uh-huh. it, it only means something based on like there's very little oversight right. when it comes to how that's right. managed like yep. you only have to do little things in the movie they literally build a little u-shape outside that just has to they have to be able to freely be able to go outside they don't so free range chicken can can be uh well they wouldn't be born because you'd buy them you'd buy them and bring them to a hat like from the hatchery and you'd bring them to the farm and you know mm-hmm. raise them there so I was going to say that they be they would be, could be born and never go outside, but they can basically like live their entire lives inside, free range because they're not in cages and they have the ability to go outside, but they may never have the inclination to go outside. So they show like these chickens are able to walk over to this little free range area that legally makes them free range chickens, but they never do. Wow! I so know. they're they're just inside chickens and like they anyway i'm not trying to turn this into some like conspiracy theory about chicken english it's a really strong point because the quality of the foods that we're eating and especially the quality of the foods that we're feeding to our our children specifically with neurobiodiversity is even more of an important topic because those nutrients those vitamins those minerals you need those for brain development and one of the things that all of our children have in common is some sort of delayed brain development in fact that's what autism uh, is is it, it they it's classified autism um, anxiety depression adhd these are all classified as neurological developmental conditions that means that you know they are not developing at the same rates at the same um, pace as what that neurotypical as neurologically typically people uh, developing people so these nutrients this food is a critical topic and then adding in the crap from like, you know, the inflammatory foods uh, like gluten and casein and sugar add this level of disruption into an already struggling digestive system. So what you're talking about is really important, actually, because if you're going to eat healthy, I know free range chicken eggs or free range chicken, it's usually double the price. Right. So, I mean, that's the thing is it again, not to go on some even longer tangent but i will why not no go ahead um the the concept when they're looking in the in the film when they're when they're talking about and if anyone's interested again like i have no relation to the movie or anything like that Mm -mm. but it's um morgan spurlock's sequel to the groundbreaking film supersize me um and it's i'm pretty sure it's called supersize me Two holy chicken and i think you can watch it for free on like Netflix or something. I'll have to look or, it up. Uh, I haven't seen it. Or like, I think I watched it on YouTube. But anyway. Um, yeah, but the the difference between free range and cage free and, and all that, like, mm-hmm. it's very, uh, there are these, these little way, there's these little ways that you can kind of get around what, what people think about. Like when you watch the commercials mm-hmm. for uh, whatever, if they have like a chicken commercial or something, like they would show chickens, like what you would think of like free range, cage free would be chickens running around outside. Right, like Charlotte's Web style. Yeah, like right. they're at a farm and there's like a big field or something. It is no, there's like thousands of these little Are you bastards. Telling me that they're lying to me. Marketing is lying yes. to me. But it's tricky. I'm just saying. I'm not saying that I. I was like, oh, it's gonna be. I knew you knew that there was gonna be some discrepancy there but to the point where it was like literally all you have to do is make a space this big that's just cheating. and just make it available that makes them that free range that is so unfortunately common and but so many of those chickens because of the way that they are raised uh-huh. the, like they show like there's dead chickens uh, they step on the chickens uh, like they're not trying to hurt them there's just because to get your money's worth like big it's kind of funny because they talk about it in the movie you know we talk about big tobacco uh-huh. we talk about big um, well, big tobacco is probably one of the big largest pharma. ones. Big pharma, and then in the movie they they call it big chicken uh, because it literally is like these three companies or right. something like that that buy all the chicken and control all the chicken. This just makes me want to move on, move to a farm and raise my own chicken. My aunt has chickens. Did I tell oh, you? Yeah? This? Oh yeah. She, but gosh. is she? But the thing, well, here's the thing. We're talking about we're talking about eggs. this, and I think it's interesting because we're talking about like the difference between going out and picking a pumpkin, right? And cutting the pumpkin into whatever, mm-hmm. and then you know pulling the seeds out is 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 a visceral experience and, and an important and an important one to show you, you know, you're you're using even though we're not eating the 
the the the exterior like the majority of the pumpkin mm-hmm. you're carving it you know it gets a month's worth of enjoyment sure and you can you It'd know be a good pumpkin soup yeah not after you cut it no yeah you can still roast it and turn it into different things i wouldn't after it's been sitting outside with a candle oh in it? sorry no no man not, you, not your no wonder pumpkin, you're cooking no. Has gone downhill. <laughs> Thanks. No, he's let it marinate out in the in the Georgia no, sun for you and three I were months. Coming from two different points on there. I'm sorry. I was so my my whole point was, and then and then let's say you 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 have your own chickens, right? And you're gonna go pick a chicken out to right chop up. It's a little bit of a different experience it's for a little kid. Different, yeah, to see something living around that. Well, and you know, I um, bought a whole chicken the other day because I bought an Instapot. My mom was really influential in helping me last fall. When we got Declan's diagnosis, um, because she had, she and my aunt, my aunt has been um, raising an autistic daughter for 24 years now and um, really one of the pioneers in the industry in creating, you know, what the world is today and how we can take care of our children. And so my mom and my aunt had discovered the Instapot and they've discovered the um, air fryer, the convection oven air fryer. We particularly like the Emerald 360. No no affiliate here just my personal recommendation for air fryers and i like mine better and i don't know the name of it no affiliation with them either <laughs> <laughs> yours was a some brand i bought at costco dude it works though it, it does it, it works a, really like, well it, but like anyway. mine can rotisserie a chicken and mine can I know. yours is more fruit. like a fancy um, it's, it's an toaster product. oven yeah it's massive so they were helping me make the lifestyle changes necessary when we got Declan's diagnosis because they said, you know, one of the things you're going to need to look at, Rochelle, is how to get dinner made when you've got a child that needs even more of your attention than a, than a neurotypical toddler. And so you were going to say regular child, weren't you? I did think about it, yes, um, but Shame I on you. I self-corrected. And Hold on, sorry, I got a cat crawling up my ass. I know she just wants love. She needs to go live at your house. Okay, well. She wants to Everyone's it. getting kicked out around here. <laughs> she just needs her dad. Um, but the point is that the two pieces of kitchen equipment that they guided me to, thank goodness. Instant, Instapot. And the, and the air fryer. And the air fryer. Yes. And so I bought a whole fryer chicken last week. What's and they're, a whole fryer chicken? Yeah, they're called, they're a whole chicken, like fryer chickens. They're, they're a really good size, but you know, they take all the insides out. They pre- Parrot. Do they have big breasts? They do actually, and it's much more effective because you get the whole chicken for like six or seven bucks, and you can barely buy a package of chicken thighs or chicken breasts for that. Here right. you get the whole chicken. So there's there's a whole set of recipes out there that will walk you through how to create a delicious um, whole chicken in your instapot and saute both sides, and then in like twenty four minutes or whatever, your chicken is done. But this, the whole fryer chickens are so interesting. The one I got still had like parts of the feathers on it that I had to pull off yeah. the chicken. And I just remember pulling those off going, man, I'm grateful this isn't my life and I don't have to like kill and pluck a chicken yeah, just but so to eat for dinner. Would you, do you think that if you, the, if the only way was for you to eat like, uh. you know, 200 years ago <laughs> or something. Yeah, I'm sure I would have done it. I'm sure. No, but I'm saying you, would you be a vegetarian i don't know because you'd have to kill and like eat or would you be like a pescatarian because it's i I will admit like i've never killed an animal um which i guess i actually think fish are grosser to kill than what yeah than a chicken Uh, oh dude i would trade you i would kill a fish easily really oh yeah i don't know i'm grateful for the modern one thump on the new one thump on the head and you put it out of its misery they're they like a chicken like I would, I, I'm not saying I couldn't do it because I would want to eat it. Right, and you did when we went <laughs> camping. Like you did, you did. I didn't eat it. Ch- I didn't kill a chicken. No, the fish. Oh yeah, no, yeah, fish. Like cat. I'm gonna eat you in a second. Stop it. Sorry. <laughs> She's very distracting. She's I attacking know. my um, the cable to my microphone. Um, but yeah, when we went camping, I yeah, I, I was able to you know catch and kill and clean fish that's not a big deal no i mean it's a it's a good learning experience that's exactly the type of multi-sensory learning experience you're looking for right something that you know you really have to focus on you're looking at you're hearing you're doing with your hands you know those are creating that that really tangible databaseable that's not a word (laughs) databaseable nope that's definitely not the ability to database information in your brain was the where I was going with that. Um, but to create that kind of learning experience for our children, especially, you know, 
um, autistic learners just because the way that the brain works is just so different. But that is empowering. I mean, you talk about teaching life skills. That's a really big deal. I, I do. Now you're really making me want to live on a farm with chickens that someone else kills. Yeah. It's fun. It was someone else kills. Um, it was, uh, this is so stupid, but I, I, you've got me addicted to TikTok now. Oh yeah. So I made a couple TikTok videos and one of them I made just, and I was like, I, I posted it and I was like, this is so stupid. So I tried it. I couldn't figure out how to delete the video and then it got like a view and I was like, oh my God, I'm going to get a million views on this one stupid video that I hate. But it's, um, it's a, it's an audio thing of someone saying something, you know how you can take someone else's audio and then it becomes like viral to where like every video you watch uses the same song. I'm hearing that, yeah. So it's a guy like like a Larry the Cable Guy esque guy saying, uh, "I don't know what HD is, but my doctor said I got eighty of them bitches." ADHD. Oh. Get oh, it? I get it now. <laughs> you look. <laughs> I didn't get you it. You looked like you were on the spectrum there I for was a like minute. Eighty. What? Oh. But he's like, I don't know what HD is, but my doctor said I got 80 of them bitches. Woo-wee! <laughs> Something like that. And it's 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 kind of funny. Anyway, yeah, just um, check out check out my, I almost said my Twitch. I don't have a Twitch. Uh, Twitch is a weird website. Um, That's for streaming. TikTok. Yeah, TikTok, which is a funny sound. You had name. really cute videos, I thought, with the flashcards. Oh, yeah. Well, it's funny because Declan was doing so well. Uh-huh. With the flashcards, I'm like, house. He nails it, house. Yeah. Um, and he's even saying house. It, it was and cool, he's, yeah. And he's saying, f- like, uh, not was it flower? Flower he got. Maybe well, he, because maybe. we do a lot of gardening, so he knows yeah. the flowers. So then, and he knew, and, and like I put down bear, mm-hmm. and, I, and, and then like alligator or something. So I'm like, house. And he's like, house. I'm like, great. He picks that up. And then flower, boom. And then I'm like, bear. And he then he's like bago and it says there's something different i'm like no and because he picks up like a carrot or something no it's the elephant and oh it was the elephant that's right the other one was the carrot because mm-hmm. um, there's two videos anyway and it, the whole idea is that i'm trying to encourage his language and it's funny though because you're trying to say like it's hard to, to say no without saying no right you know so it's like it's it's not that one. It's actually this one. And he picks it up all celebrating. I'm like, let's not celebrate. We we didn't right. do it right. It's almost <laughs> like when you're doing the dog training, not to compare dogs and children, but the 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 science behind the training vocabulary is similar. Where you don't want to say no to the dog, you say oops, right? You know, oops, something different. I I mean, I get your point. Right. But if you if you seen and that video is really funny because when you say alligator and now you're talking about a, a three syllable word with like terminology or some what's the word da, 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 alleg- there's sounds he can't say what's it called that's four syllables on me alligator well yes that's true but did you hear how he just mumbles when he can't get he's like yeah it's so like he'll actually try to say the words he can yeah and then like i was trying to teach him the word candle today and he was like cuckoo I'm like, that's not even close. It kind of reminds me, there's an episode of Friends where Joey and Phoebe are, there's like certain times where Phoebe, like Phoebe tries to teach Joey to play the guitar. Right. And then, the and then Phoebe, she she's trying to teach him, teach him French. French. And she's like, oh, yeah. Claude. And he's like, did a floop flea. <laughs> that's what it reminded me of. Right. Yes. So that's like, that's it's funny. a total Joey moment. Well, we did name him, you know, Chandler. Right. After. He, he is definitely, you know. His name is definitely Friends fan in, in, expired, inspired, <laughs> inspired. Yes, because his because his middle name is Chandler. Right. So, anyway. Well, um, I, I do have visions one day of creating something called the Chandler Center, and right. it's a multi-sensory um, environment. And I haven't really finished conceptualizing like what it is. Is it a school? Is it a week retreat? Like. I don't really know yet. I just know I have this vision for the Chandler Center on a big piece of property where, you know, there is gardening and, you know, outdoor different learning experiences that are color coordinated with foods and, you know, linens and different. But I don't know what it looks like yet. Just down the road, you know, this is my declaration to the world. I will create the Chandler Center. It will be amazing. It will be for our uh, and I don't just want it for children. Like I want it for entire neurobiodiverse families to to come through and 
really get a sense of, you know, what this lifestyle change means and how they can, you know, create meaningful changes as a family. It, it, it otherwise it's difficult when someone says your hey, your kid has ADHD or autism and now you can't eat all these foods and if you do continue to eat these foods, be prepared for brain fog and your child's not going to learn and they're going to fall backward and the meltdowns and tantrums are going to get worse. I mean, I was trying I was trying to jump in there to make a joke. Sorry, I was on a roll. You were on a roll with butter. <laughs> that and, making me hungry. This yeah. whole episode has made me hungry. Right. I fought it so good, but I was now gonna, you're talking about butter. Well, and I, I don't know. I was, I was, but I was gonna, I was gonna get myself in trouble though. So I'm, I guess it's probably a good thing. Probably because I was gonna use the R word. Oh, Rochelle. Oh, that's a good R word. Yeah. Um, no, the other one. I'm allowed. I feel like I should be allowed to use it though. Really? If I'm on the spectrum, if I'm considered neurodiverse. Okay. Don't you think? That's a that's a, 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 well, a, a think, to I take think, it to take it back from the people using it to oppress us. Yes, I just I worry about everything, but I worry. I use it in my stand up uh, bit, but I guess that's a little bit different than on the show. It's a little different, and and it's and it's also. I'm not trying to offend anybody. That's why I said the R word and not the actual. But I believe there's a difference between, and they actually do. They distinguish between um, learning. How do they call it? Like autism learning. just learns differently. Right. But autism is highly intellectual. In fact, they make a big point of saying that intellectual development is not affected by autism. It's just how they learn and the developmental delay of speech and language and verbal communication and emotional processing. So everything that makes you look and feel smart. But not your intellect. Right. But and I mean, to a certain degree, you know, a kitchen filled with amazing foods is nothing without a chef. I think that what autism impacts is the way that life is experienced and processed. That was a really good metaphor, by the way, and you an completely e talked over it. Sorry, I didn't acknowledge it. You're right. It's a, that's a great metaphor. But I don't think intellect is the same as your ability to or how you experience and how you process things. No, but I think that's what I'm saying is like intellect is like a kitchen filled with like all these perfect ingredients. But you need the the, the to be taught to a degree to be able to, how, how do you use those things appropriately to where you're actually a chef in the kitchen? You know, you can have all the right ingredients, but you need the direction. Okay. And if you can't take direction the right way, if you're not taught the right way, like if you're not taught to be a, a good chef, those ingredients don't mean anything. You see what I'm saying? Well, and that, okay, so that's true because, because Sorry, the intellectual folks. ability of learning, you know, there's book smart learning. Right. But then there's social learning. Well, street smarts. Yeah, well, there's not a ton of, you know, autistic people out there starting street fights. That's not what street smarts are. You think street smarts have to do with fighting on the street? That's not the point I was trying to make. But I see where... See, here's... here. Okay, we'll just pause, right? We'll just put a pin in it, as they say in Bolt. Because this is an example of where I'm not being very clear and specific in my vocabulary and instantly triggering um, you think street smarts are like someone like street fighting no i know it's common Fight. sense and and difference there it's, you go i know that but i didn't use that word so i sent you down a different path inadvertently okay. i don't like it i know it proved my point from earlier but it's very illustrative of us yep i took part in that myself <laughs> So I want everyone to know that this was pre-planned. Okay, sure. Is it part of your script. notes? It's part of my notes. <laughs> it's not. We haven't done much of the, what's actually on your notes, but I know. Um, I lost my trade. No, because uh, a lot of times, you know, I watch the intellectual development that comes from reading or like really smart, um, like IT programmers, and there's there's a lot of industries that are actually very well staffed with brilliant um considered autistic or neurobiodiverse minds because you know it's not necessarily interpretive it's so much more about like being a human computer and doing so very very well computer programming in the it world is is one of those areas where you need a lot of consistency and you need a, a database driven mind so you know taking that back into an artistic format like cooking where everything's very highly interpretive. I think that's where you need the ability to experience er, how you experience life and how you process life then becomes a bigger division in the success of that, that profession versus something that's, you know, you need it to be consistent and a hundred percent accurate, like 
like an IT world. Do you see what I'm saying? Nope. I know. I can tell by your face. <laughs> I lost you about two sentences ago. He's like, what is she talking about? Again, I, I lost her. Sorry. It's okay. I, I'm just making the point between intellectual development versus how you experience and process the world. Right. Okay. That's all. Sounds like a good stopping point. Does it? Yeah. Okay. Don't you think? Um, it feels good to me. All right. And now yeah. I'm hungry, so I got to go eat. Yeah, it's time to eat some fall foods, some purple fall foods. Yeah, then I'm going to go grocery shopping. All right. Well, good luck with that. I'm just going to go dig in the fridge and eat some purple. Got to find a farmer's market. I wonder if that would be a good thing for him to I don't want to eat a purple farmer. I don't. <laughs> yes. No, we don't want to do that. I'm just saying, thinking about bringing all the pieces of our I'm not episode a purple people together, together. Yeah. Looking for a farmer's market might do that. Right. Kind of blending, you know, since it's not like we're going to go start a farm tomorrow. Probably not. That would require all 91 people in our Facebook group to donate. Donate now at the following number, 1-800. No. <laughs> um, so, we can, so we can start our, our, uh, what would our, what would our artistic f- farm be? The Chandler Center. No, our, the, just like if we just started like our own little farm. The Chandler Farm. Why? Why Chandler. Okay, fine. You can't have the word because I'm going to use it later. So you have to come up with your own. I helped name the kid and helped make him. I can have an opinion. You can name the farm. Okay. That's what I'm trying to say. I was trying to have fun with the, the name of the farm, not Chandler something. I was trying to think, how what would you call a neurodiverse farm? The end of the episode. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'd have to, you know what? I'll think about it and I'll have an answer for you next week. I thought we were going to have like a really funny, I thought something really funny was going to happen and nothing I'm happened. I'm trying. My brain, Damn it. I'll tell you what's happening in my brain right now. I'm scanning for something clever and I'm just getting that little buffering thing like, yep. yep. Loading. No. Loading. I got scanning. I got nothing, but I'll work on it for next episode. Boop, 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 boop. Oh, probably can't use that music. <laughs> <laughs> Bum, bum. Is that maybe I'm allowed to if I use it in a parodic way? It's okay. Maybe because you didn't do it completely. I know. I just used. They're like, yeah, we're definitely not suing. <laughs> they don't want to be associated with your version. That's right. So, all right, we will uh, continue the conversation next time. Uh, Let us know how your family handles food. Um, are there foods that your child will eat? What colors do you like to eat? <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that's I like what that. I want to know. Yeah. Um, I can't eat beets. No? No, I can't. They stain everything. They stain your counter, too. Oh, not just that, but like, this is gross. So No, 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 no. Don't go there. What? I'm not going to make it. I'm going to make it as PG as I can. Okay. Well, I know where you're going. Okay. But... They're very good for for your kidneys, though. I'll bet they are. But um, yeah, I ate beets for some dish that I made. And I was like, yeah, they're all right. And then when I went to the bathroom, it even makes your what's the most scientific way i can say this it makes your urine pink i didn't know that but i guess it's only with like certain people so when i went to the bathroom it was like why is the toilet pink <laughs> i didn't know that you didn't know that no you thought i was gonna I go somewhere gonna worse than something that. else yeah no well the other stuff comes out pink as well sure that I so the, like my friend i was i made a comment about it on facebook and he's like oh yeah dude it looks like dexter was in your toilet Oh, no. (laughs) Because it's just like... I didn't know. It looks like someone squirted red everywhere. But yeah, isn't that crazy? I mean, they use... It has something to do with... It's like with with the asparagus, how like it'll make your pee smell funny. Well, I mean, they use beets. We've been using beets for, I mean, I don't know how many centuries to dye food, uh, to dye clothing. I use beets to make music. (laughs) Fair enough. That was really stupid. That was a... That was a dad joke. But I'm bump. Okay, oh. so there oh, that, we go. That one hurt my feelings. That was so bad. I'm sorry. I laughed. I know. All right. I'm Blake. And I'm Rochelle. And we will be back uh, next time. Yes. Yeah.